This is the Power Aesthetic Podcast. Today we are going to talk about gangs, honor groups, tribes, organizations, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and specifically, we are going to talk about the hows and whys of starting and maintaining them, uh, why it's important, why it might be important for you, um, and what you can get from them and what you can give to them. So I've been in and out of uh, organizations. I won't say in and out of, I should say in uh, organizations, gangs, structures, and stuff like that since I was a child. It was always natural to me uh, to be in some kind of a group, I think largely because I grew up with three older brothers. Um, we were always getting into stuff. We were doing often a lot of stuff together. And we had, uh, even at a very young age, we had a, a pretty integral idea of, of gang mentality. And by gang mentality, I don't mean necessarily, you know, rat packing people, bullying people or anything like that, but a mentality of being a part of something that wasn't just you. You know, it was driven into our minds from a, a really young age by my folks. You know, my mother would always tell us that, that her father, my grandpa Bill, would always say things like, you know, you're, you're part of this family, you're a, you're a Mahdi, uh, her last name, and because you are that, that's what defines you, and we succeed together and we fail together. So a success is a success for all of us, and a failure is a failure for all of us. And to me, that is, that's what gang mentality is in a positive way. Gang mentality is the idea that you belong to something that is bigger than you, what you belong to is more important than just you and your success is its success and your failure is its failure and vice versa. Um, it creates a very strong idea if you are in a positive kind of gang, a very strong idea of enforced reciprocation, uh, the idea that you give to each other uh, on a lot of different levels. You give each other accountability um, you bring each other a lot of honor, you give each other respect, and so on and so forth. So when I was growing up, you know, this looked a lot different than it does now, but in some ways it was the same. Uh, I remember the first gang that we started was, uh, we, were, we were little kids and we were fucking incorrigible, to be honest. Uh, we started a gang that we called the Black Dragons, which was a neighborhood gang, um, and I mean, I'm talking, we were, we were kids, you know, I was probably 10, I would say at the time. Um, and we were growing up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I, I, I never thought about it then, but looking back on it, I would say I had a, a pretty rough and tumble lifestyle and upbringing, although it, it was probably a lot more normal for people who are my age when they were kids than I think kids who are, who are in their 20s now. Um, I, I think the world has definitely gotten a little bit more uh, I guess coddled or protected, but when I was growing up, especially out there in the Midwest, man, once you were out in the morning, you were out all day, especially in the summer, and you didn't pretty much come home except maybe for lunch, and then you know at the end of the day at night when the when the street lights came on, you know, and so we were always out and we were kind of always getting up to no good. We fought a lot. Um, we rode our BMX bikes everywhere, and we started an internal. Uh, economy of basically thievery and trade. You know, we we would ride our bikes uh, across town, and we'd go in, and you know, we had these little heists uh, that we would run. You know, that were that were like 
pretty advanced, I guess, for that age, 10, 11, 12, you know, where we'd go in somewhere and I was the smallest. So go in with like four or five kids and you'd walk up to the gal at the magazine stand and, you know, innocently be like, hey, do you have any magazines on monster trucks or whatever? And she'd because you knew where the monster truck magazines were. They were around the back where it took her away from the counter. And, you know, you'd take her around the counter and you'd ask her a lot of questions, you know, but being a really nice kid and, um, you know, they'd be, oh, you know, they're happy to help you. And while they're being happy to help you and just being a generally decent human being, uh, your your boys are popped in and are looting everything from behind the counter underneath the glass where all the good stuff was, you know, pipes, cigars. We were, we were very into uh, <laughs> pipes, pocket watches, tobacco, cigarettes, all that kind of stuff back then. And we would take the loot. Um, we'd, we'd pedal back across town and we'd split it up in, um, in our big acre side yard. We had a big tree fort there and we'd split it up and then we'd, we'd spend our evenings, you know, gambling and playing cards and stuff like that for cigarettes, uh, cigars, other assorted loot. Fireworks was another big one. And, uh, you know, then we'd, you know, we'd pop over to my buddy's place across the neighborhood, um, in Orchard Valley, Cheyenne. He had a big, huge apple tree in his backyard. We'd gather them all up. We'd take them into big five gallon drums, pound them up, strain them out, uh, throw them into big jugs and put balloons over the top, hide them in a culvert um, and come back and, and drink Apple Jack and everything like that, trade it to the neighborhood kids and stuff. So, you know, that was kind of my first experience with that sort of stuff. And then when I got older, you know, a lot of my friends from back then I'm still friends with now. Um, I shouldn't say a lot, a couple of, but I've had a few of these guys in my life since I was eight or nine years old. Um, the Carnes brothers who, who later on my brother Matthias and I would start the wolves, uh, my current club slash organization slash tribe. Um, but you know, back then it was, it was similar in a lot of ways to the way that it is now, but it was very organic. You know, you didn't have to look for who you were going to hang out with. It was kids that went to your church or hung out in your neighborhood or whatever it was. So it was very localized. Um, when I got a little bit older, uh, I came, I, I had moved around the country a lot and I came back to Wyoming when I was a teenager. And uh, as a teenager, I had gotten into, into skinhead culture and everything like that. And, you know, I talked about that a little bit on the podcast, uh, how to become who you want to be. It, you know, it was something that I got into because it was the only thing that I could see for myself at that age that was sort of that had the toughness that I wanted to be involved with and that would put me into the uncomfortable situations that I was afraid of. Uh, and so, you know, I, I did a lot of a lot of fighting and everything like that. And then when I came back out to Wyoming, I started a, a group with one of my friends that was called the 17th Street Psychos or 17th Street Skinheads. And you know, we, we had a little apartment and we had a breezeway outside the apartment in between the other apartment building and a little elevated area with steps that went down to the street. And we'd spend our weeks there, you know, lifting weights and then our weekends pretty much fighting in the breezeway, uh, throwing big parties and kind of just living that uh, not super productive lifestyle. Um, but, you know, it was a good time back then. And, um, you know, we, we had a relationship with guys from a few of the states around and, and all that stuff and would help out throwing shows and we had a band and everything like that. And, and you know, there was definitely some situations that arose from that group that put me into sort of the line of what I would call, you know, honor decisions where hard choices, oftentimes scary choices that you have to make 
in order to choose whether or not you're going to uphold the integrity of the organization of the group um, over your own safety or sometimes freedom. Um, and so, you know, I, I grew up with that. And, and then later on, a few years later, we moved back out to the East Coast and, and we started our current organization, The Wolves, which started out in a similar way to that one, but has gradually sort of organically grown into something much more positive and much more far reaching um, with with a lot higher goals than to just lift weights and fight and, and party on the weekend. So to the people who are interested in this kind of culture, I, I always tell people, you know, guys who ask me, how do I get one of these things going for myself? I, I think I boiled it down to a few good questions and, and we're going to dig into those on this podcast, which is, why, why me, for who, and to do what? Those are the important questions to ask yourself, but each one of them kind of has a, has a deep dive on it. The first thing you've got to ask yourself if you want to start some kind of, of an honor group, and when I say honor group, that's a question probably that should have its own, um, its own podcast, you know, what is honor about? But let's just say for the sake of this, that honor is the idea of loyalty to a group that has sort of its own ideals and culture um, and and the integrity of that group, understanding that your honor basically comes from actions of loyalty and actions of dedication to that group and its stated ideals and its stated aims and culture. That's what honor is to me in, in a very basic way. Um, so the first question is why? Why do you want to start this group at all? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why people might want to start the group. I find that the most common one is that people want to start a group because they like, they like the idea of starting something and telling people what to do. They like the idea of, of being the head motherfucker in charge. Um, and, and they make an ego-based decision to start a group that effectively acts as a big jerk-off to their ego um, and, and that they can say, I run this shit. Uh, that's not a good reason to start a group the, the best why, I think, to start a group is to fulfill a need for community, to fulfill a need that you personally have and that the other people that you know that might want to get this going with you have for, um, for fraternity um, and to fulfill the need that I think every man has, but I could say every person has, to belong to a community, something that I think has been stripped away more and more as we move toward a, a sort of global monoculture, but the idea to have something unique something that is apart from the rest of society, something that operates under its own structures, its own codes of conduct, and so on and so forth, whatever those might be for you, everybody has a desire to belong to these. Now, your, your why is also going to cover a lot of different things um, when it comes down to how this structure might operate, but those questions are going to be better answered with, with our later questions. At the beginning, you have to start with why. Uh, you know, Nietzsche says, someone who has a why to live can bear almost any how. If your organization has a very strong why to exist, it will be able to withstand a lot of resistance and a lot of pressure because if your why is high-minded enough, um, it, 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 can, it can weather a lot of storms. So I think the most important or perhaps the best why is should always be about the value proposition it offers to the individuals that might look to join it, which is it fulfills a need that they have. And it fulfills it in a lot of areas. It fulfills the need that they have 
to to join to belong and and that you know everyone always looks at this idea of joining and belonging you know that they have mostly this garbage understanding where they go oh well I don't need to join a group or you know I'm a lone wolf I don't need to do this um the the impulse of a human being to belong to a community or a or a tribal structure is evolutionary. This this concept of not being a joiner, of not being, you know, I don't need to have a group, I don't need to have this gang mentality or whatever, um, is largely the product of life in the modern world, which allows you to to exist in a completely insular and and in a lot of ways a totally narcissistic fashion, where you almost define your entire reality only by yourself. A lot of guys are out there. They don't have a family. They don't have a community. They don't have anything to dedicate themselves to. For me, that's not the way. For someone else, it might be the way. Um, but I don't believe it is a weak choice to belong to part of an organization, especially because of some of the things that belonging to an organization has not only grown for me, ha- has improved in me, but also some of the situations that it's placed me in where I had to make very difficult decisions. Um, face extreme accountability for my actions and so on. Um, It's not a weak thing to be a part of an organization. And in fact, it can be one of the strongest choices you may ever make because it may put you in a position to make other difficult choices. And it may, if you have a good organization, pressure you to become a person that you may never have been uh, otherwise on on a positive level. So first, answer the question, why? Second, ask yourself the question, why me? Uh, I think that a lot of people put the cart before the horse when it comes to this one. They say, well, I want to start or I want to rather be a part of an organization. So I feel like I must start an organization. Not necessarily true. There are a lot of groups out there that may already exist that fit the bill of what you would like to do. Everyone likes to start their own thing. That's sort of a that's another very human thing. It's not a bad thing. Everybody likes to do things for themselves. I don't want to necessarily just listen to someone else's music. I want to create my own. I don't necessarily just want to appreciate someone else's art or buy from someone else's business. I want to have my own. So it's a very um, type A personality or, or, you know, quote unquote alpha, you know, I hate that word, but uh, kind of mentality to to want to have your own. But you have to then ask yourself, you know, (laughs) am I fit to do this? Am I fit to to start an organization? Do I have leadership qualities and capabilities and so on? Um, And this is probably one for a whole nother podcast. And maybe I'll do one after this. But uh, I have a little acronym. I like acronyms because they help me remember things. And I'm goofy like that. But I like to have acronyms. Uh, I have an acronym about leadership that I try to keep in my mind because I always am thinking about leadership choices, leadership choices. And so I broke an acronym down from that that choices. And so my choices, C-H-O-I-C-E-S, is uh, a leader sh- a, a leader should have uh, confidence. Confidence is really important. And in a lot of ways, confidence is charisma. Um, a, a confident person is a charismatic person, but you need to have confidence to inspire confidence. Uh, you should be honest. Um, with, with yourself and others, you should be able to take ownership and accountability and you should be able to uh, inspire I- I- ownership and accountability in the people around you. You should have integrity, which I think covers the ideas of honor, um, loyalty. Uh, integrity is a word that basically comes from a word meaning solid to have structural integrity. Um, you know, so it, it covers a lot of ground. Uh, courage, because it, it takes a lot of courage in order to maintain specific types of of groups. And I think courage also covers endurance and fortitude. You have to have emotional intelligence. 
uh, and, and empathy to a great degree in order to be a good leader. You need to know uh, what you, you, you have to basically be adept at social circumstances and situations because effectively you're acting as a marriage counselor all the time between multiple uh, people. Uh, no matter whether your group is all male or, or whether it's integrated, you, you have to have that emotional intelligence and that empathy to understand people and also yourself. And, and that's the final one, which is self-awareness. It takes self-awareness to, to tell yourself whether or not you even have these qualities in yourself or capabilities in yourself or not. Um, and obviously, not everyone is going to have all those uh, necessarily immediately. There, there are things that you can work on. But if you're missing more than one or two of those things, and actually, I would say if you're missing any of those things, your question, why me or, or should it be me, has probably been answered already. You might consider joining another group that may instill or allow you to grow in those areas and become uh, someone who actually possesses all those before you think about starting your own group. And also, it's very difficult and can be very frustrating and time-consuming. It's extremely time-consuming no matter what to run an organization if your organization is worth a shit. Um, for mine, it, it, it dominates just about my entire life, and I'm happy for that. I, I'm pleased at that. My community is, is very demanding on my time. Uh, when we say that we are a, a tribal organization, we mean that. We spend a great deal of time together all throughout the week. Um, many of the guys live together. A lot of us work together. Uh, so, so in many ways, we, we form these little cliques that see each other pretty much every day. Um, this is not for us a go to church on Sunday or a once a month thing. Uh, and, and so it's very demanding. These are questions that you've got to be or, or facts that you have to be aware of before you start an organization, because I can't count the amount of people who have started these things and let them drop by the wayside. And it's usually a lack of consistency, uh, a lack of dedication to the why, um, and, and they, they fall apart. So an organization needs to have a strong why and it needs to have a strong leader. So that's question one and two. And your organization may have multiple strong leaders in it. Um, in other words, many people who can take on a leadership role in various situations, uh, but it needs to have a sound hierarchy and you have to ask yourself whether or not you are capable of that or whether you should join someone else's organization. The third question is for whom? You have to have a clear understanding of the type of people that you want to associate yourself and who you want to surround yourself with. In other words, just like I do when I am starting a brand, I would create an avatar, which is basically the ideal member of your organization. How old is he? What does he do with his time? What are his pastimes? What are his hobbies? What are the things he's dedicated to? Um, does he have any sort of extreme lifestyle things? You know, is your group straight edge? Uh, you know, you have to answer a great deal of questions when it comes to the for whom. Who is it that you want to give that why to? Uh, and, and who is it that you would like to be surrounded by? The best way to ensure that you are living a specific lifestyle is to involve yourself in a social group for whom those things that you want to aspire to are normal. They are the norm. They are the daily routines, the daily lifestyles. So when you're answering this question for whom... You should really think de deeply on this and you should, you should create a composite character. I mean, literally in a notebook that you know everything about and that he lives the way that you want to live and he lives the way that you want 
your friends to live and, and, and you want to be surrounded by people like this. This is how you're going to create the culture. And that answers the next question, which is to do what? No group can survive without goals, objectives, uh, uh, activities, and, and basically productive activities. Uh, so when you, when you answer the question to do what, this is kind of the entire lifestyle. This is the culture that the tribe will, will create and produce. What kind of conduct uh, are your are your members going to adhere to? What sort of behavioral patterns do you want for your organization? What is the culture? What what is the what is the lifestyle? You know, and and so some of these are easier than others. If your honor group is basically a group of men dedicated to to training and competition, what that might look like becomes very easy to figure out. You may have a some kind of of oath in place or, or something like this, and, and you've made an agreement, you yourself as the leader of this may be someone who has attained a relatively high level in some form of athletic or sport or martial art that your group is, is dedicated to. Maybe it's dedicated to multiple. In the Wolves, you know, we, we, are, we are definitely a physical culture, so a lot of our guys, uh, you know, have attained pretty solid levels in, in lifting, but we're also a martial culture, so you know, we train jujitsu. Some of the guys train other forms of martial arts, boxing, MMA, and stuff like that. And so the the culture grows sort of around, in and around, and among these kind of things. The other thing is that I always recommend that you have your lifestyle goals. In other words, you have to create a framework that your community will sort of base their day-to-day around. But you also have to have an understanding of what you're going to do long-term. So it's important to have long-term goals. You know, that could look like owning your own gym, your own property, building your own gym on your own property. It could look like, you know, uh, winning world championships. It could look like anything. But the important thing is to keep those goals, uh, you know, your, your, your framework stays the basics. Your framework is what you do on the day-to-day and the week-to-week. But maintaining these epic goals sort of legendary goals is always important and when you attain one it's critical to have a ladder in place you never want to feel like you've attained what you set out to attain completely you always want to be able to set your sights on the next thing because it is the nature of organizations to tie themselves together in order to achieve certain objectives or goals your group may even be a temporary honor group Someone that comes together or, or a group of someone's that come together to attain a specific objective and disband. Uh, this is not unheard of. There, were, there, there have been pacts made uh, in history that were about coming together to, to do a specific objective. You know, the, the famous story of the 47 Ronin is sort of one of those. Um, so your group may not even be a permanent group. But the, this idea of, of to do what is very critical and to maintain these long term things. And, you know, again, like I say with all of these, if you guys have more specific questions, send them my way. These are pretty big topics, and so I'm happy to break them down into smaller pieces. But that one of the things I would say to sort of close this out is to remember that, like with any important endeavor, you should really ask the question at the beginning, is this something that I'm willing to be dedicated to and to be devoted to? Because for me... It is basically a spiritual act for me on my day-to-day to understand the wolves as my 
religious devotion, basically, and and to treat that as a kind of, you know, bhakti yoga, a devotion yoga, which is to say that every day if I ask myself the question, in what way can I show the highest devotion to my organization? In what days can I show my brothers that I care? In in what, or sorry, not in what day, in what way, uh, in what way today can I show my my community that I have I have them at the highest place in my life, that I hold the highest place of honor in my mind, in my being, in my heart for them. And if that's not a question that you're willing to ask yourself or something that you're willing to discharge, I would say make sure you're aware of that and start your organization with realistic understandings of where you are and and what you'd like to accomplish with it, but that whatever you decide on, do that. The same as if I decide to do 30 minutes of cardio and I go to the gym and I quit at 20. I've broken a a promise to myself. Don't break promises to yourself and don't break promises to other people. Like we talked about on on the last podcast, The Covenant, this this is where honor comes from. This is where power comes from. Power comes from dedication. It comes from devotion. And in a lot of ways, honor can come from being devoted to a group. And I I can say that after almost 15 years in the Wolves, that it has made me a better human being. It has grown my honor. It's grown my power. um, And it has grown my capacity for compassion, for love, and for understanding. And that's probably the best gift that it's given me. So any, any specific questions, please throw them my way. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, as always, please click that support button um, and uh, consider coming on for a buck, five bucks, 10 bucks a month. Um, and you can also use the link tree if you want to do a single time donation to the Power Aesthetic Project. Uh, I'd also like to sort of drop in here. I've been, I've been doing personal coaching and, and coaching and stuff like that for quite a long time, uh, starting out with just physical stuff years ago. Um, but I've recently started, you know, taking on clients again um, for, for personal coaching stuff. It's, uh, it's based around the four pillars. So I, I'm, you know, I'm tentatively calling it four pillars coaching. And what I'm basically doing is working with people who feel that they need uh, or something's missing or they're working through issues on, on one or all of the four pillars of the power aesthetic, physical, mental, spiritual, temporal. Um, if this sounds like something you might be interested in, I do have a, a variety of different sort of coaching plans and you can email me at um, 4P, that's the, the numeral four and then P coaching, all one word at gmail.com and uh, we'll get something started and, and uh, get you through and get you to where you need to go. I hope you guys have a great day. Hit me up with any questions. Thanks for all the positive feedback so far.